there. Can I take your order? Yeah. I'll have the movie soup. What's up, Spotify? How are you? How are you, Mr. Spotify? I'm great, Nicholas. You're so weird, Mr. Spotify, because you are <laughs> got it right here to movie soup with Seth and Nick, and I'm Nick. <clears throat> and I'm Seth. And not Mr. Spotify. That's Seth, right. It was a ploy. God, Mr. Spotify makes me uncomfortable. What are we talking about this week, Nick? Seth! On movie soup. This week we're talking about The Rock, 1996, 1996. directed by the Michael Bay. Bay. Exactly. And we're watching this in preparation for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, the -hmm. latest Nick Cage vehicle. We're also kind of coming up on uh, Ambulance coming out. Oh, we're going to get there. We'll get there someday. We're going to watch that movie someday. (laughs) Maybe it'll be months. Maybe we'll watch Ambulance years from now in preparation for another Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Um, Seth, oh my goodness. Where to even begin with The Rock? Well, Seth, I'd like to start out by saying this. (laughs) This thing that we say in almost every episode. They just don't make them like this anymore. They don't. They just don't. Um, I'm... Yeah, so here's the thing. A marvel to look back on. It really is. It's like truly a time capsule of a film. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways. I mean, you've got... There's the Michael Bay of it all. The Michael Bay of it all. So There's the fact that there's like a Michael Bay movie that isn't like... Here's like... Nick, you and I are... We're like in our 20s, okay? We don't really remember the Michael Bay before... Mm -hmm. The Transformers, Michael Bay. The the Ninja Turtles, Michael Bay. Yeah, that, that was, guy that doesn't really. Accurate. He's outside of my my field of vision. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And the fact that there are like Michael Bay movies that aren't like pretty much resoundedly like disliked <laughs> is it yeah. kind like you said is kind of a marvel to me. Yeah, there's this and Pearl Harbor and no other examples. True. I I'm really truly like I'm I'm drawing a blank a little bit um, on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the Michael Bay film. Uh, he won an Oscar for that movie. That movie won an Oscar. Yeah, and it I was know. sound design. Well, uh, most of these blockbuster movies do get sound design. Yeah, and okay. So going on, what else about this movie is a time capsule? The Nick Cage of it all. Oh, uh, the Sean Connery. The Sean of Connery it all. of it all. Just the fact that there's an action movie like this standing on its own, sort of like With outside. Old man, Sean Connery in it. Yeah, very old guy. I wanna, I wanna take care to kind of like stay away from the the Nick Cage conversation a little bit, just because I know we're gonna get into it when yeah. we talk about unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I think we're that. That will be a very Nick Cage centric episode. For sure. Um, no, I think that there's a lot, you know, and then there's this sense in this movie of this. Uh, it's like an action movie. It's like the quintessential action movie. Truly. That we just really don't have anymore. You know, we don't have standalone action movies. We have like action movies that are part of a franchise. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that are standalone, like Top Gun is kind of a movie of before this era that's kind of like a war action movie. But even that now is being rebooted in Top Gun Maverick. I'm really surprised that we haven't seen something more from like the 
the Nick Cage era of action movies. Yeah, I've been, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about the sort of, like, Nick Cage action trio of Mm. The Rock, Face Off, and Con Air. Mm. Um, You watched Face Off recently. I did, and let me tell you, I'm a little bit sad that's not the movie we're talking about right now because it's truly epic. That's brutal. Um, Uh, I was going to sleep at the time you were watching it. I'm just really surprised. (laughs) Sorry I was yelling so loudly, but holy dang heck. okay. Um, it, it goes hard as hell. Um, but to talk about this movie, so, <laughs> uh, The Rock, nineteen ninety six. Uh, we got a lot happening in this one. Give me um, a give me a rundown. Yeah, the briefest of uh, spoiler warnings. But basically, our guy Nick Cage is out here. He's got a dumb loser name, I think, in this movie. Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah, we. <laughs> I forgot. What's the where, where do you, how where do you think he traces that back to? Is it uh, uh someone I know uh. In this movie, there's literally an exchange between Nick Cage and Sean Connery where Sean Connery's like, you know what your name, Goodspeed, comes from? And Nick Cage is like, no. <laughs> uh, or no, he's like... He's, it, came, it comes from the writers. He's like, it comes from the writers. No, he's like, it's a, it's a descendant of Godspeed. Uh, and it's like, then why was it? She just made his just last make, name Godspeed. Yeah, it's already it's a already so w- dumb. stupid movie. <laughs> but anyway, Stanley Goodspeed's out here. Just found out that he knocked up his Catholic girlfriend. Whoops. He's also um, an, uh, what you call it? He's a, a specialist. He's like a, um, what's that thing, Seth? He's what like a he? poison specialist? He's, he's a ballistics something. No, no he's a, uh, hold on. Somebody pause the recording. <laughs> it's a chemical weapons expert. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, Stanley. So he's hanging out. He uh, almost dies, but he, he's cool about it. And he doesn't want to stick a giant needle in his heart uh, to stop himself from dying in the event that a poison is on him. I gotta say, I'm right there with you. I and we talked about this while we watched this movie but like 100% would miss my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the heart's a pretty decently yeah. sized organ. No, it is. Uh the heart is almost the size of your fist. But it's going right in my lungs. I would I would miss. Or like I feel like I I don't know how long the needle is but go like through the heart. I don't know. I'd be Puncture pretty, a lung. I'd also be pretty scared, so I probably might not push it far enough. Or I miss and just like stab myself in the rib. But anyway, he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> um, but he just found out that, whoa. He's going in. A crazy uh, military guy, Ed Harris, is stolen some bioweapons, taken over Alcatraz, and has missiles loaded with bioweapons pointed right at what? San Francisco. Do you remember what the gas is called? Um, no, I, don't look. What's it called? <laughs> Something uh, X, right? It's VX gas. VX gas. That's, oh my God, we'll get into it. It's uh, not important. But Ed Harris has said, I've had enough. I've worked in this like black ops-esque organization for so long. The U.S. government never helped me, and it didn't help my men who That's got right. killed overseas, and it didn't help their families, and I'm going to aim missiles at San Francisco. And the government's like, Pfft. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, and they're, he, they're kind of wrong and kind of right. Um, but Nick Cage got to get on Alcatraz to fuse them bombs. Who's going to get him out in, I mean, Sean Connery. Only the man who escaped from Alcatraz himself. The uh, only man. In the 60s. Something. Perfect. Uh, hijinks ensue. Nick Cage gets on there to fuse some bombs. And, and they kill a lot of 
ex-Marines. Oh, also the reason that uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery even bothered to do it is, well, the greater good. But also <laughs> Nick Cage's uh, girlfriend who's pregnant with his child goes to San Francisco to meet him there. Oh, yeah. Well, Poor you got to have a personal connection to the mission. And Sean Connery's daughter who became an adult woman while he was in prison mm-hmm. uh, also we, lives just in Just relocated Francisco. to San Francisco. Sunny San Fran. Exactly. Couldn't blame her. Uh, okay, so uh, th- thank you for that rundown there, Nicholas. You're welcome. I think it was just concise enough. Yeah, indeed. Nick, That's talk, my name. T- talk to talk me to about <laughs> Michael Bay. Mr. Bay, uh, what is there to say? That was not intentional. He, and yet here we are. He's in our tour, really. I think that this, in my viewing of Michael Bay movies, is definitely the best one. Definitely um, top top tier. I, men- Bay, I know I, I mentioned Pearl Harbor earlier. I haven't seen the entirety of that movie, um, but I get the vibe that I probably would like this more than that anyway. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that this, it blew me away in a big way because like Nick Cage is kind of incredible in it. Uh, really goes for it. Uh, and Sean Connery comes in with kind of a really great performance selling lines that no one has any business selling exactly but like it's a real dynamic duo of actors who can take like really dumb lines Mm -hmm. and just just make them work sell them milk them yeah and for different reasons Mm -hmm. too nick cage because he's out there and he is nick cage and sean connery because he is like such a distinguished gentleman truly gifted actor not to say that Nick Cage is not a gifted actor. Just they uh, He has the unbearable weight of massive talent. Exactly. Um, Seth, what do you... So, sorry, uh, to speak about Michael Bay. Yeah, kind of er, to your earlier point, Michael Bay, I grew up on... I saw, like, the first three Transformers movies, four Transformers movies. I watched up to the Dark of the Moon. I think yeah, that's the third that one. that's the third one. Um, but I didn't catch anything after that. Mm-hmm, me um, neither. I'm right there with you, buddy. I discovered as a child that uh i got i get motion sick pretty easy (laughs) and whenever me and my family would go see the transformers films we would go see them in 3d imax oh no that's not good and uh it would make me physically ill and i couldn't actually watch the movies and that was when i you stopped you stopped going to the transformers movies i also kind of grew out of the period of my life yeah i I think right around the third one i realized like oh they're bad. They are bad films. Um, well, it's that around that time in our lives when we were like, oh, movies can be bad. Yeah. I didn't realize. For sure. That yeah. I didn't, that's, wouldn't love every movie I ever that's saw. That's a super important time in your life is where you realize that the just because the robots blow up does Doesn't not mean it that it's good. Yeah. I think the two most pivotal moments in a, in a youth's film movie going experience uh, are the moment that they realize that movies can be bad and the moment that they stop crying so much at the movies. <laughs> uh, and just to share, uh, the last movie that I remember crying at that wasn't like because of a personal thing that was happening with me at the time was Marley and Me when I was in the fifth grade. Wow. Uh, the rest the- of them I like have some sort of connection to, I think. Seth, I know I, you, you cry at the movies. I cry at the movies, okay? <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't appreciate this slander. No, I don't fault you for that, man. I just don't cry all the time anymore. I think, here's my deal with Michael Bay, Nick. <laughs> yeah, to bring us bring us home. Um, I, home to the Bay, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come I on. think that <laughs> I'm really curious. Like, 
He's he's got a golden glow about him. The Bayos. I, I just don't know. I just want to know what happened. Like I just <laughs> I get that <laughs> Do you think something broke deep inside? No, him? <laughs> I no, I don't think it's that. I'm sure it's something a lot more complicated and much more more of a nuanced uh, issue. More, I do think it's more of a nuanced issue, and I'm sure mm-hmm. someone like me, who is young and also not really a part of the film industry whatsoever, what if only you were a golden god like Michael Bay. Yeah. Um. The thing is that his movies went from being. I think movies changed on Michael Bay. Is what happened. Oh, they flipped the script on. <laughs> I think Michael Bay was out here in the '90s making movies. Movies with loud cars. I think Michael Bay was out here in the 90s making movies, thinking, like, this is how they make them. Yeah. I'm making them like they used to, and it's now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's blowing shit up, and he's having a blast. And then all of a sudden... uh, We demanded nuance in our filmmaking. All of a sudden, you couldn't just walk up into somebody's office and be like, Nick Cage, Sean Connery, Alcatraz, boom. Movie. Give me $70 million. All right, is that how much this movie cost? Me? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I mean like, <laughs> but still, I, I know you can't you, do that anymore. No, I hear what you mean. Like, it, I can't, you can't just be like, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland, Uncharted movie. Oh, wait. It seems like you can do that. You can do um, that. No, but I, I do hear what you mean, though. Because, like, these movies are just of a bygone era of the they don't really have to be much of anything mm-hmm. to like they don't have to have a deeper meaning they just have to be something and a lot of times i feel for movies to succeed now there has to be something either a fan base that's demanding the movie be made mm-hmm. or a deeper message to be conveyed or the pre-existing ip or the pre-existing ip top gun maverick we'll get into that um i think yeah, I just think that because there's sort of like this tur- the turning point, um, sort of like throughout the 2000s, eh, not throughout, but there's a turning point for Bay where he like stops making not IP movies, where he stops yeah. like where he just starts he doing starts Transformers, Transformers and, Ninja, and Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Is he still making those? No, the Ninja Turtles. No, the Transformers. No, movies. they're done. They're I think done they now. stopped after five. Oh yeah, because he's doing ambulance. He's coming back to his roots. Yeah. Um, and I like. I'm happy for him. I can't wait to hear, or see ambulance. Uh, hear or see it. Old. Yeah, I might just close my eyes. I might buy the ticket. <laughs> just rest your eyes. My. I'm a weary man. Um, <laughs> no, I think that uh, Tom Colbay, Michael Bay, uh, just has you know, he's one of those guys that like his filmmaking process and his movies are so ubiquitous with his mm-hmm. like name and genre that the thought of him going for something different is so odd to me but I, w- I you know i i joke a lot about not seeing ambulance but i'm sure we will see it and i'm interested to see what it will kind of be yeah i think this is it's really the other really interesting thing i think about sort of sitting down with the rock is you see a lot of the mm-hmm. just sort of filmmaking like like stylistic choices and trademarks of michael bay sort of more in not, their infancy a little yeah, yeah sort of like before they became a meme or before <laughs> they became like before it was bumblebee peeing on john Tatura. yeah some, i think some, or like the just the fact that there are like five cuts every second or yeah. every single thing explodes um, and it's got that swoop. The swoop. The swoop. The swoop. The, yeah, the under, 
the un- looking up at the hero swooping around them camera. Yeah, but it's like things like that where they were. I feel like those things eventually started outstripping Michael Bay a little bit, and sort of like preceding mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. in the in the later part of the, his career that you and I were more exposed to. Yeah. Um, I feel like he still has a bit of a handle on him. He's still got him on the leash <laughs> on, on the rock. Gotcha. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Before it was like just jagged pieces of metal moving across the screen that are incomprehensible to look at. Exactly. And also slow-mo sweep below the hero. Yeah. Uh, it was just slow-mo sweep below the hero. I which did is have an unnecessary shot in this movie. This <laughs> well, Nick Cage is looking at the wreckage and the hell that he has wrought upon And the San Francisco music is like, gonk, 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 Okay. It's not that song. There <laughs> was, the, in the in the sort of like under the hero pan sweep that we see with Nick Cage, mm-hmm. I, I had this like crazy sort of the flashback to seeing the same shot with Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third like eye multiple moment. times. Yeah, many, many times we've yeah. seen that shot. Let's dig into the rock here. Let's dig into the old rock. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the plot a little bit. We can get into our our categories. Um, yeah, one thing that I'd like to say, kind of off the bat, and this is loosely tied i mean i just feel like you don't see a ton of ed harris anymore yeah i mean the dude's old yeah like, but i mean I, no i also like looked up his filmography he's been kind of steadily working i just haven't been seeing oh really season. yeah oh sorry and also he's, sorry, ed. A, he's literally gonna be in top gun maverick which i'm sure we'll both oh, go see after i see top gun <laughs> sorry dad haven't seen top gun um yeah seth i think that there's a couple of things in this movie that make me go huh Topical reference. Uh, Such as. Nick Cage is really, he's a vinyl guy in this one. Yeah, Stanley he is. Goodspeed likes vinyls, which doesn't really come up that often, just kind of in the beginning. I mean, I think they're just sort of establishing the fact that he's kind of a nerd. He, yeah. he stays really home. Likes the Beatles. Yeah. He's of the people. He's um, not a field agent. I will say that seeing this movie with Nick Cage in it did make me think he should have done more Michael Bay stuff. Oh, really? In a weird way. They, it's an it's a it's a pairing that kind of works. Yeah, they're both over the top in their own respective ways, and, and I, I think they gel. Yeah, I think he does really well in this kind of uh, yeah. situation. This is the first of his sort of like big play as an action star in the late '90s, um, and I mean, I think it's it's interesting because like up until this point, he had just sort of been like this indie sort of like critical, more arty actor dude. Yeah, he's a he's a Coppola, and now here, yeah, and now here he is. Um, yeah, I think that it's interesting. A couple of little things. Uh, one thing that I hated about this movie, I'd like to throw out there. Mm-hmm. One thing that I hate about movies, kind of of this era, is that they're all like some guy hijacks something, and he's like, "Get me the president." And there's yeah. always some dude in a war room who's like get me the president. And then they call the president and the president's like, I don't care, dude, just do whatever, man. I think, I think a lot of that is here's, here's what I think. I think it's, mm. um, I think it's a, of the era. I think it's sort of like a, I think it's an effect of something like die hard. I think die oh. hard was the first of the, like, give me the president movies of just like terrorists take over a place 
and are holding a play a thing ransom mm-hmm. and so and, it's got to like kind of keep going yeah and there's one man who's gonna finish the job and that sort of from die hard on that sort oh. of progresses and we get movies like speed is air force one air force one after yes die hard? it's like on the president it's die hard but it's on the president's plane or it's and die hard Harrison. but it's on an out of control bus or it's die hard but it's alcatraz i think uh Air Force One is the best example because Harrison Ford gets to play the president. It's also like to the nth degree because he is the president in that one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is not a podcast about Air Force One. Maybe we'll get there someday. Um, No, I agree. I agree. But like my biggest issue with these movies is they always have some military guy. Mm -hmm. And there's always this like military jargon that you're never really supposed to read that much into and yeah or care that much about so. i would be fascinated to sit down and watch a movie like the rock with someone who's actually in the military i, I would love to do that i mean it'd be a lot of be- them being like doesn't fucking sound like that yeah it's not real i would never jump towards a grenade i, would I bet they would tell me that if there's a bomb on the floor die hiding you in the don't. bathtub is not an effective cover i bet that would be true uh if i think you are related to us in any way and you are in the military feel free to give us a ring yeah Uncle we'll watch Jeff, a we'll watch a war movie together <laughs> um, um yeah. check it out i think oh, while yeah. we're on the subject of like the military aspect mm-hmm. of this movie i do want to say like like michael bay has like yes, uh, right out yes, of the gate there's yes. a real military hard on in this movie as there are in most michael bay films yeah um, because why is that nick i i was gesturing to you no to i know it. you tossed it over to me but i'm not exactly sure why so i'm tossing it back to you when michael bay makes these movies that conflate the american military industrial complex the u.s military gives him this stuff for free to just put in the movie and so huh. he just if you advertise the movie or the military and you just put tanks and guns and missiles and stuff in there and you kind of show that the u.s military is competent then they'll just give him they just give him this stuff. It's the same thing with these like cars in the Transformers movies. Hmm. He just gets a lot of those cars because they're all all those movies are basically it's just, just ads for those cars. Yeah. Uh which is crazy. It's like the most it's it's the most product placement you could possibly have when one yeah. of the characters in the movie is literally the product. Yeah. It's um, a good point. And, but, I, and I mean, it's, that, not a it's also about transform. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also I mean, it uh, it goes to show. I mean, I guess th- there's your reason for why he has the money to blow shit up all the time is because exactly. he doesn't have to save on the he saves on the prop actual guns stuff. budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, my act. Can I t- read you something? Talk this to is me. my actual note that I wrote about not liking all this, all the like the fake military talk. I wrote blah, 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 thermite, plasma, blah, 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 bombs, blah, blah, blah. Because that's kind of what it felt like for a that's inspired. good chunk of the movie. Don't you think that they talked about thermite plasma too much? Well, I think they were trying. I would be curious to see what's going on with the actual science behind this movie. About thermite plasma? I did look up VX gas, and it's real, and you should stay far away from it. Is it um, real and really scary? Yeah. Oh. Um, Can it do what they said in the movie? Yeah, it'll out, fuck like, you up. 12, however many blocks it kills or whatever blocks like oh city oh, blocks. oh. Uh, it did not talk about what happens if it gets into like the atmosphere mm, um i see it's just like if you touch it it'll you'll die um but <laughs> yeah okay i'm glad all right boom box checked the military military jargon military presence in michael bay films yeah my other note said oh my god 
blah blah SAS maximum security blah 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 shut up <laughs> this is the, we're doing the lord's work here yeah sorry the rock uh if you watch the rock please know that i did have a a pretty good time watching this movie it's just the jargon that they throw out for kind of no good reason that irks me a little here's one thing i want to say please um, say it we so i I will. I mean, I can look at Nick Cage. The dude, like the dude, is a compelling actor. He, he knows is. what he's doing. He um, is. And but I think I really could have. This is a whole separate movie that Michael Bay would not direct. But just watching him in the lab, mm, sure. Sort of when he we have to sort of see him be a competent, yeah, like uh, lab tech, lab lab tech, lab no, not tech, poison lab tech. guy. I loved that, and I could sit. I could watch that movie all day long. Where he Maybe like, not all day, but I could watch a two-hour movie about that. Where he like goes home because he had a full day of disarming a super bomb or whatever. Well, I think more the him being in the glass tank with the super bomb, and his his sidekick is like, "It's melting my gloves," uh, and he's like, "Get that needle away from me!" <laughs> and Nick Cage just wants. He's like, pour he the would, water on me right now. Pour the water on me. He would rather die than, than get stabbed in the heart, heart with some epinephrine. But later he will do it. Um, I wonder if there was ever a point in Sean Connery's life where a vocal coach was like, Sean, I know you can make the S sound. <laughs> Stop making the sh sound every time. And he was like, I don't think I will. What did you think of Sean Connery's initial look here? uh hot <laughs> yeah i think he you could pull off that look man me yeah when you start going gray just grow out your hair super long again mm-hmm. let it get kind of stringy don't wash awesome, it for like 30 years my sick salt and pepper beard yeah and just <laughs> let it sort of hang down in front of your face yeah he looks good for like an old dude in this one um and he i buy it i buy him as this like hardened dude, criminal hardened criminal man. who like busted out of alcatraz that's awesome kind of he's the sickest one of the sickest characters in the movie probably the sickest character in the movie um maybe that maybe that should be a category that we do sickest character, sickest character. we'll write that well, down sean connery owns it absolutely it. does um seth yeah talk to me about this james bond sean connery sean connery james bond uh, uh hang on sorry say that say all of that again sean connery <laughs> james bond the rock the conspiracy theory that oh he is james bond um i i mean i'd buy it uh i can see it happening that james bond uh he he takes it one step too far he crosses a line yeah winds up in an american prison for Mm -hmm. 30 years alcatraz alcatraz breaks out goes back to jail has daughter feels bad gets out hangs with nick cage uh, hides in a bathtub from a bomb, disappears into the ocean, swims back to California. The end. <laughs> That's yeah, you're right. Um, here's the one issue with the uh, he's James Bond in this movie. Okay. It's not really an, a huge issue, but James Bond canonically is a naval commander, and in this movie, it's said that John, whatever his last name is uh, an army captain. Oh, John mm-hmm. Mason, it says. There you go. Um, so, yeah, he's not the naval... He's not Commander Bond. He's army captain John Mason, which could be a cover. Uh, but <laughs> I think it... You know, I think it's a... Tr- Sorry. Uh, I think it tracks as, like, 
you know, you're James Bond. You take it one step too far. And MI6 would be like, we don't know who that guy is. Don't care. Lock him up. <laughs> and I think you should uh, track down Michael Bay. See if he'll corroborate that theory for you. Um, I'm just going to write that movie. Okay. <laughs> but maybe Michael Bay will produce it for me. James Bond 65. Yeah. That's what it can be called. Nick, I have a question for you. I love your questions, man. Um, so at the time of this movie, Alcatraz, the prison is a tourist attraction for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's a completely inactive. Part, yeah. yeah. Um, why is there fire and brimstone and <laughs> like a working cistern in Alcatraz? In Alcatraz? Do you think that it has to do with the, the Marines? Like they, turn, they turned Alcatraz back on. Well, they're going to be hold up there for a while. You I know? mean, their oh. plan is to be there for like 24 hours tops, I think. 48 well, hours. In that case, it's probably superfluous to have everything on. But they need the lights and stuff. Well, sure, they need the lights and they need some like plumbing in order to like have working toilets and stuff. Yeah. And a but room. what else would they need? Why is the boiler on? Why are there flames that Sean Connery, who I guess remembers the pattern of after 35 years. Badass. Why is, it was sick as hell. But like, why did he need to do that in the first place? Uh, I don't even think any of that stuff would feasibly be under Alcatraz. You know, I think the it, my issue is that why is it there in the first stupid place? Why is there mine carts down there? True. Yeah, they, they, they never mind. Are you setting those Alcatraz prisoners down there to mine? Wrong. What was going on underneath Alcatraz? That compelling story could be something there. Uh, uh, the Rock 2, under. Great, yeah. under. Uh, Seth, if you told me that Sam Witwicky of the Transformers franchise was descended from Nick Cage's Stanley Goodspeed, I'd be like, that tracks. I would not, because uh, we know... We know that Sam Witwicky has terrible, terrible grades. Oh, yeah. He's too dumb to be descended from Nick Cage in this movie. That's exactly right. Well, the last thing that I have to say about this is that I'm glad that John Mason makes the right choice and comes back and saves the day and doesn't it, allow San Francisco to be destroyed. Yeah, that would have been such a dick move. Especially because his freaking daughter's there. Did you forget, bro? Your daughter that you're going to go make amends with? You're yeah, just going to let you, her die it, in a yeah, chemical Yeah, you have to explosion? save her life. Idiot. Uh, Seth, I have one last thing for you. What do you got? It's Nick's list. Nick's list this week, war crimes edition. These are things that I am pretty sure are war crimes. Uh, the U.S. military even developing bioweapons of this caliber is a war crime. You're not allowed to use chemical weapons or bioweapons in active combat. Yeah, but they have them. There's like a, every, like the U.S. military has that stockpile, though. I do not work for the U.S. military. Okay. Uh, Ed Hel or Ed Helms, <laughs> not Ed Helms. Ed Harris. <laughs> I would like to see that though. Uh, he's gonna execute a civilian in this. Uh, there's like puts a gun in that guy's face. Oh yeah. Uh, Stu or whatever his name was. I think it was like Larry Henderson or something. It, I think you're exactly right. Um, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just like pull a civilian. He's also like they're doing terrorist stuff in the first place. Yeah. I... <laughs> and uh, firing a weapons grade missile at a civilian area. I know for a fact that one is indeed a war crime. You should not be doing that. Uh, and that's Nick's list. That Seth... was, Nick, I'm intrigued by that list, given that they were already basically enemies of the state. Hey, 
uh, when you are when you do the terror when you do the crime, you got to do the time, baby. Do the time on Nick's list. <laughs> Seth, uh, do you want to get into uh, our recipe here, or should we jump into a quick break? Let's take a quick break uh, before we break down the recipe of what all goes into the rock. 1996, directed by Michael Bay. You got to listen in right here to Movie Soup with Seth and Nick, and he's Seth and I'm Nick. This episode of Movie Soup with Seth and Nick is brought to you in part by Very Generic Action Movie Music. Very Generic Action Movie Music. Sometimes it sounds like... Bum, 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 bum. This episode of Movie Soup with Seth and Nick is brought to you in part by The Situation Room. Got a situation? Here's a room. And we're back with Movie Soup with Seth and Nick. I'm Seth. And I'm Nick. Uh, thank you so much to those sponsors for helping us out with the show. It really means a lot. Thanks for your money, sponsors. We appreciate it every time. That's right. Uh, Nick, before we get going <laughs> in on this recipe. Yes, sir. Actually, no, let's do the recipe. Let's jump it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the recipe. Okay, uh, listener. You, you heard it here first. Seth did not have a second thought. We're doing the recipe. Action adventure recipe, kind of a classic. Pulling out our my recipe card. This is me shuffling through my little deck. All right. Uh, Seth, looks like we're cooking here with the best set piece, the biggest explosion, and the biggest hit. Talk to me. What's um, the best set piece here? I mean, for me, <laughs> the blanket answer is kind of Alcatraz, but like most specifically, I like the minecart part. I know. I know. I said it was dumb. Most likely to be turned into a Disney ride. But... It's also the best one. Alcatraz, the Disney ride. Uh, I would have you? to disagree with you there, Nick. Hey, that's fine. Um, remember the shower, the shower room? Yeah, the one where all those Marines get slaughtered. Uh, that was the craziest shootout <laughs> I've seen in a long time. That's true. And uh, it's all on accident. What happened? <laughs> just, uh, yeah, it was some crazy stuff. And uh, I've never seen a bathroom get so utterly destroyed except for that one time. Don't worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> that one time. This podcast is brought to you in part by <laughs> that one time. Don't talk about it. Uh, um, what was the biggest explosion? I think this one's easy. The missiles. Yeah, the missiles where they bombed Alcatraz. I think yeah. that's probably the I one. that's got to be it. Uh, that one's easy. We agree on that part. Remember when they lose one of the warheads with the VX gas? Like it's it's going towards like the football stadium. Yeah, they shoot it in the ocean. But then it goes. it just goes off. Into the I don't th- they never find that. No, they shoot it in the ocean. No, I get that, but like oh, like they just don't like fuck those it. fishes. I guess. I guess if you expose the gas to the water, it doesn't explode. Question mark. Whatever. I don't. What's the biggest hit? Biggest hit is that guy in the beginning <laughs> whose face gets destroyed. By oh my god, VX you're so gas. right. That's a tough hit. Yeah. That's like harder. You could punch me in the stomach. I would if you made me choose, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you, a would you rather, if you will, uh, between getting punched in the stomach every morning for the rest of my life <laughs> or getting my face destroyed and eaten by VX gas. Yeah. I'd have to think about it for a little bit, obviously. But I think I would choose the former. Uh, probably would also make my abs super awesome. So Or rupture your, like, the spleen or something. Hey, That's how Harry Houdini died, man. You go out like Houdini. Whatever comes first. Okay. Go out like a legend. I have to agree with you there. Uh, the I would hate <laughs> that so much. But what would you hate more, Seth? 
uh, yeah. having your face eaten by VX gas or almost having your body eaten by VX gas and having to stab yourself in the heart with a needle. I'm do- I'm obviously taking the needle. Ah, yes, epinephrine. Which I don't know 100% works the way it does in the movie, question mark? I, I, I know very little. Okay, cool. About epinephrine. Well, that's our recipe, folks. If you want to cook yourself up a little rock soup <laughs> at home. <laughs> uh, Seth. I want to, Nick, I want to share with you some quotes from this movie before we go any further. I love this. Can you do an impression of the characters you're quoting? Uh, I'll try my best. A lot of them are just sort of like random military guys. Oh, okay, cool. I'm ready. Actually, that's not, okay. (laughs) Don't you want to get out? Get out? Well, you still got lead in your pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Classic line. Classic line. That's, That's the kind of thing that my dad would like tear up laughing about. Hey, shout out to you, Jake. <laughs> Love you on the podcast. Um, you got into some more there? I do. I'm gonna underscore you. Are you ready? Dun 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 dun. Losers complain about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Now that's an excellent setup. That's an excellent laying it up there. And who's smacking it down? Who is going to smack it down but my man Nick Cage? Carla was the prom queen. Boom! (laughs) Got him! Fucking love that. Get absolutely dunked on. And now, uh, an improvised line by the Cage man himself. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you open the doors? That's... It checks out that he... That's the Cage man right there. That's A1 Cage. He did a... It was some char- a character choice on his part that his character didn't swear. Mm. Stupid. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Seth D. Barnes. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for trivia? Trivia this week. Uh, trivia. Uh, like what's on? What's cooking in the kitchen? You. Mean? Yeah. What's cooking in the kitchen with you, my man? Uh, what I got sizzling on the pan, <laughs> bubbling on the stove. Uh, here. You know. You know what that smell is. It smells like... It's rock soup. Seth, are those the outside rocks again? <laughs> they uh, they have the best flavor. Okay. Uh, Sir, Sh- Sir Sean Connery. Sir Sean Connery. Insisted that the producers build a cabin for him on Alcatraz because he didn't want to have to keep uh, traveling from the mainland to Alcatraz to film. Heard, Sean. What I would the things I would do to get to that point in my life where I can make someone build me a house. Yeah, um just here, like as so that I don't have to f- take a boat to Alcatraz. Yeah, my thing with that is uh as mentioned up tippity top, your boy gets motion sick. So heard, Sean. I too would request such a cabin. Uh although personally my star power probably doesn't carry that far. You don't think so? Not at this time. Uh, dream big, Nikki. That's what uh, I have to say to you. Oh, I wish I could. What's more is the studio wanted this movie shot in Los Angeles with only a handful of exteriors of Alcatraz and San Francisco to complete the illusion. But director Michael Bay refused, telling him, I gotta shoot on this island because this island is so fucking bitchin'. Direct quote from Michael Bay. <sighs> You're incredible. The Bay Man. The Bay Max. Um, yeah. Wow. What a guy. (laughs) There's also a quote from Michael Bay that I have here. Uh, he's sort of recalled of the onset catering in Alcatraz, eating steak and lobster in, quote, where men were taken to their lowest 
existence. Killer mm. quotes from my guy, Michael Bay. Uh, Michael, I love this guy. You are a fascinating creature. I have one more quote from Michael Bay here. Let's hear it. Give me your best Michael Bay impression. The car chase in San Francisco turned out to be with the biggest clusterfuck I've ever done in my entire filming career. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought there might be more to that quote. Um, that's uh, fair. He said getting clearances for even a two-block stretch of San Francisco required thousands of signatures. And when they fell behind under the shooting schedule, it resulted in a trio of studio reps arriving to give him a stern talking to. Luckily, Sir Sean Connery offered to sit in, which tempered their reaming. Wow. What a dude. He seems like the hero of this production. Kind of does. It seems like Sean Connery really believed in this movie, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, Seth, that's some great stuff in the kitchen. Please take those rocks out of our home. That rock soup smells so bad. Don't say that. <laughs> Shall we move on? Let's move on, Seth. What's what do next? we got? What do you got? Uh, should we jump right into, hey, who's spitting my soup? Seth, uh, they're spitting my soup. Who's spitting your soup? Uh, mostly the part in the beginning of the movie where, kind of in the middle, where it takes Nick Cage and Sean Connery a long time to get to know each other. And that is tough. Become best friends well because they have to play it out you know uh they have to be like yeah and mm-hmm. he's a criminal and he's gonna try to get away a lot of times and it's gonna be a whole thing truly i like i it was a cool car chase but i would have been fine without the car fine chase. without it that's the spit in my soup who's spitting yours a lot of movie. seth uh, i see some spit over there in your soup oh uh, yeah you know who's spitting my soup nick who did that the american military industrial complex well that's uh that's fair probably I just, uh, it's just too much military. <laughs> I was talking into the wrong side of my mic for a second there. No, I could tell. I heard yeah, it in my headphones. Uh, <laughs> it's just too much military going on here. That's uh, a Michael Bay thing. It's we a Michael Bay thing. I get it. it. Uh, but I, I just, the, they take such great care to make us understand that Ed Harris, while the bad guy, while the main, major antagonist of this film, is not wrong in his ideology. Yes, that's true. A real uh, Eric Killmonger from Black Panther, if you will. His I feel ideology like it, is in, uh, no Killmonger's ideology is probably flawed, right? I don't remember. Not necessarily. He, well, the yeah, the steps that he takes are 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 definitely flawed. Definitely flawed. Shouldn't kill your cousin and steal his throne. That's messed up. Seth, what makes you want to send your compliments to the chef that was a, a chef's kiss if you will i think i'm gonna have to go ahead and give it to i think it's nick cage for me like i mm-hmm. like i like sean connery in this movie and but and i think yeah it would be tough to do this movie without sean connery but i also think it would be tough to do uh without nick cage because nick you could do it with like some other action star from the 90s get a nathan fillion in there i don't know if he's necessarily the guy for the job get a brendan frazier in there he's got kind of that like crazy eyed willing to die stuff he was pretty messed up by the mummy franchise though i think the my point is that it, it would be i think that it would I, I, be, I think Nick Cage brings it to a new, whole new level. I think he heightens it in a way he, that is different from other stars. Yeah, he wants to. He steps it up. He goes. He goes buck wild. Mm-hmm. He goes. He loses it. He Nick. Lo- he could not go, think of a single joke. <laughs> goes Nick Cage crazy. He's out of the cage. There it is. 
out of the cage. What do you think, Nick? Um, for me, it's that part kind of <laughs> along what you were saying, where Nick Cage is like super cool about Sean Connery's uh, trying to escape the first time. And he's like, no, 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 your dad isn't, you know, we're not taking, we're not arresting him. He's helping us. We're the CIA. And uh, I think that's really cool of him. He didn't have to be that cool about that whole situation. He's a nice guy. Um, and afterward, he's like, what was that, a-hole? Or whatever he says. But um, <laughs> he was cool in front of uh, Sean Connery's daughter. He's a stand-up guy. He didn't have to be, so... I like that. Nice guy. Seth, we've arrived. We've, uh, we drove all the way here. That's right. We swam to Alcatraz and back, and we have arrived at the soupiest performance. Indeed. Who is it? Oh, it's Nick Cage, easily. You think so? I think there's never been a soupier performer than Nick Cage. That we, We've never talked about a Nick Cage movie before on this podcast. Or even when it was a radio show. Yeah. Um, and I think he is like the quintessential soupy, soupy performer. And I'll tell you the kind of soup that Nick Cage gives. It's the kind of soup in, uh, in just about every, every Nick Cage movie. Mm -hmm. It's kind of across the board. Ghost Rider, uh, National Treasure. Yeah. Face Off, Con Air. It's a zany soup. Zany. It's like a jalapeno soup. Hmm. It's like, Nick, you're of the mind that you can add jalapenos to anything and make it better. Pretty much. And that's... I'm, gonna, I'm imagining. I'm imagining right now. Uh, here's how you make this soup. It's water. Jalapenos. Most soups. Oh, okay. And that's it. Whoa. This <laughs> and, is... and like Skittles. And it just goes absolutely crazy and goes in a lot of different places that you don't expect it to. Yeah, there's Boom. Skittles in it. Gross. Why did you make me eat that? Um... I actually wrote Sean Connery. Uh, just I wrote my note said Sean Connery, James Bond, classy British soup. <laughs> I don't know what a British soup is, but I think it has beans in it. And uh, personally, beans, beans on toast soup. Ugh, there's beans and bread in the soup. Mm, I don't like that. Say what you were going to say. That's what I was going to say. Oh, that's the end of it? <laughs> no, that was the end of my thought. Um, I, I know you're looking at me slouched in this chair, but it's because it'll make a really angry noise if I sit up. Folks, you've yeah, been listening to Movie Soup with Seth and Nick, and I've been Nick. And I've been Seth. Seth, what are we talking about coming up soon? Uh, very soon we got coming up the brand new Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, and in preparation for that, we're going to be watching Spider-Man Spider 2. 2. 2004. Uh, two Spider, Two Man. Sam Raimi. Yeah, very excited about that. Uh, and you'll have to catch it here on Movie Soup. Make sure to look out for our With upcoming episode. Nick. Also, the we have an upcoming uh, Soup of the Day episode on, on The Unbearable Weight of Massive, Massive Talent. Talent 2022. But you've been listening to Movie Soup with Seth and Nick. I'm Seth. And I'm Nick. See you next time, regular. Regular.